This is Geeks and Jacks. And welcome back to Geeks and Jocks, episode 141, recording February 9th, 2023. This is Ryan Sullivan, glad to have you here. Before getting into this episode, this podcast is on Anchor.fm. You can also find us on Spotify, Radio Public, and Google Podcasts. So head on down to those places, search for Geeks and Jocks, plenty of content awaits. So definitely got some stuff to talk about, talk about the trans community a little bit in regards to some surfing and the Hogwarts Legacy game that's set to come out tomorrow. Some early people, early uh, copies came for some people. Talk about a new movie debuting at number one. Talk about some TV stuff. Potentially some revivals. And maybe a few other things here in this episode of Geeks and Jocks. So, let's jump right into the movies. So for the first time since mid-December, we got a new movie at number one. And actually, the top two are newcomers. Knock at the Cabin and 80 for Brady, both at one and two, respectively. And so far, it's going okay for these two films. I might see an article, though, on, on these, though. But... As far as the weekend goes from from last week, Knock at the Cabin made a little over fourteen million. Not sure, excuse me, not sure if that's good or not for a M Night Shyamalan movie, but fourteen plus million sitting currently as it stands right now at twenty four, almost twenty five mil worldwide, just over sixteen mil uh, domestic and a little over eight mil internationally. Next on the list is the other newcomer, 80 for Brady, which made 12.7 million and sitting now at 16.4 million. I'm kind of surprised that it did as well as I thought. Maybe there's more fans of Tom Brady than people realize. I mean, I'm <laughs> just guessing. But you got some, you know, bigger names for the older ladies. I mean, that that helps a little bit. You know, it's kind of that push a little bit. You see some of these, like, older actresses. They get together to do these some of these movies, and they're moderately successful. They're not critically acclaimed, but they do decent enough reception. But both these movies, uh, Cabin and Brady, should... Should be doing okay, I would say, heading into the weekend, but I'm not sure what exactly is on the horizon for for this weekend, especially with it being Super Bowl Sunday. Still, pretty good weekends overall, especially... Uh, number three, Avatar, The Way of Water, making a little over $11 million over the weekend. And at two point one seven seven billion, six thirty eight million uh, domestic, and one point five three nine uh, billion internationally. Still holding on. I mean, still doing better than you think. I think it's what fourth or third 
all time now for highest grossing movies domestically and worldwide. That's pretty impressive. Number four. BTS yet to come in cinemas at eight million. Is this a band thing? Well, whatever the reason, I think. Yeah, it's a music thing. I think this is a. Is this the band? I'm gonna look at this again. I feel like I've read about these guys. Just give me a second. I feel like I've I've heard of them. Yeah, boy band out of yeah South Korea. They they just disbanded because they're all going to military service. Eight million though for for domestic. That's pretty good. Probably just a one weekend only thing. Eighteen million overall. I mean that's that's pretty impressive. Uh, number five, Puss in Boots: The Last Wish. Smaller, smaller drop, but seven point a million. And its numbers have reached over 150 million domestically and sitting near 375 uh, worldwide. Whatever's whatever's working is working. I mean, not really any kid stuff, you know. Uh, number six, Man Called Otto, 4.2 million. So this is enjoying a little more success than I think some probably expected. Eighty-four million worldwide, just past the budget domestically, sitting at fifty-four uh, domestic and thirty mil internationally. By any chance, probably reaches ninety million when it's all said and done. Number seven, Megan, three point eight million. So, sitting at 160 uh, million worldwide, just over 88 domestic and 72 internationally. With plans for a sequel, no doubt it'll probably do some some of it being the same numbers. Number eight, missing, 3.7 mil. I'm wondering if this was supposed to do better than I think they were anticipating. 23.5 million domestically. Uh, it's kind of a shock. Probably to some of these studios if they think this was going to do greatly or not. I don't know. Number 9, The Chosen, Season 3 Finale, 3.6 million. I'm assuming this is some show probably out in the out in the UK or something. I don't know, but made a little over 5.5 million and yeah. I have no comment honestly. And number 10, Pathin, that that small film that Holy moly! Doing really well internationally. Made seventy-seven million internationally so far, and just okay. This makes no sense. Fourteen million domestically, seventy-seven internationally, making over. There must be some markets that they haven't haven't put up, but 
this is a movie that's been out for a couple weeks, and okay, this is probably going to do better than I think probably they were expecting. This this has got to be what an Indian film because the way the the company name and all that probably be another movie of this uh, and do well in, in international waters. Seriously. So as far as the releases go, coming out this weekend, a couple wide releases. Uh, Consecration. Looks like a looks like a suspenseful movie, a horror film from IFC Films. After alleged suicide of her priest brother, Grace travels to a remote Scottish convent. Felder's death, distrusting the account, she uncovers. Okay, this is yeah. Some limited releases: the Blue Captain. Taylor and his wife on their relationship turned. Is this a comedy drama? Oh, this strictly drama. I feel like there's going to be some cheating involved. I hate to say that, but yeah. She came from the woods. In 87, a group of counselors accidentally unleashed a decades. Okay, is this supposed to be like a Friday the 13th type of parody? Or maybe combo of like Friday the 13th and Scream? Because Scream 6 is coming out what, in a, less than a month now? Just just a month? Oh, man. Hannah, haha. That's actually the name. Lives content, hard work in life in a small town. To her visiting older brother, she's just wasting her time. G- gets what wasting time really means. Short movie, uh, hour 15 drama. Trying to think of the shortest like theatrical type movie that I've seen. Crazy as it sounds, probably Toy Story because that was a very short movie, sitting at eighty-one minutes from beginning to end, but probably less than that. And here's our other wide release, and this is to coincide with turning twenty-five and more than likely get people coming on Valentine's Day. Titanic. Very, very curious on that. Because the movie turned 25 back at the start of December. And did very, very well, all things considered. Given how expensive it was for mid-90s standards. No doubt this will probably do pretty well. You know, for at least a weekend or two and then drop off and a couple other limited releases seriously red a realtor pursues a new career as a dolly is this supposed to be a comedy r-rated comedy drama music musical romance so has this been out this has been out for a while i i gotta see uh because it's been out in some international markets. All territories. Huh. And the last limited release. 
some untitled WB event film. Oh well. A couple other things uh, coming out prior to the next particular weekend. There will be a UFC fight. Valentine's Day will have a wide release of What About Love? Two young lovers change the lives of their parents forever when the parents learn from the joyful experience of their kids and allow themselves to again find their love. Huh. Looks like a pretty serious... This is a small release distributor, XW Studios. And man, the next day, we got some horror. (laughs) Because we are going to see Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. (laughs) Oh man. So, the, the rights to Winnie the Pooh expired, I think, last year, if not two years ago. And now, people can do whatever they want with Winnie the Pooh, at least to some extent. For a long time, Disney has held the rights to Winnie the Pooh, and now anyone can do anything with Winnie the Pooh. They'll be curious to see how that goes um, this fall, just thinking that with Disney in regards to Mickey Mouse. I'm sure they hold the copyright and trademarks of Mickey on certain projects. But, I'm sure probably the original iteration of Mickey, or at least the original Steamboat Willie, will be used in some form without getting in trouble. At least that's how I see it. But yeah, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. It's already out in some international markets, making just over a million so far. And Met Opera, this looks like some opera event type thing. And the other wide release prior to to Friday the 17th. Well, actually a couple others. Marlowe on the 15th, late 30s. But, hmm. Thought one name looked familiar. Guess not. Uh, in the late 1930s, brooding down on his luck, detective is hired to find the ex-lover. All right, these st- these stylized films—they do. I don't know how to explain it. Some of these stylized stuff—it just doesn't translate to success. And the other one, Madam Web. Oh, spin off from Spider-Man centering on a clairvoyant mutant. Huh. Is this a live action film or is this uh or is this part of that Spider-Verse thing? I'm actually going to look at that for a second. Doesn't say. Doesn't say it's animated. Could be, could be not. Other case, I don't I haven't seen any advertisements for it. Anyway, but obviously next week will be Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. And so far, I read a headline about the film 
being kind of underwhelming. Like, really underwhelming. Like, it's not a bad movie, but it's not impressing anybody. And I think it just comes down to Ant-Man's just not a memorable character. I don't think it matters if it, if it was someone other than... I don't care if it's whoever's in the role. It just doesn't translate to success. And it's one of the weaker performing Marvel movies. Along with, I'd say, maybe the first couple Thor movies. As far as, like, ones that got sequelized. But so far, it just doesn't seem like people are all that impressed. And you could maybe make the argument of Marvel having fatigue on many people. I I think this has gotten to the point where Disney is gone full greediness. I mean, there's always been that form of capitalism. You know, you... of movies, they're made to make money. They've always been out to make money. But, you know, some of these movies, with the success, it comes from passion of making these products. And in the case of Marvel now, these days, it's more about just trying to get parents and kids to spend all their money to go see the movies in the theater, get them on Blu-ray and DVD, go Go get Disney Plus. It, it, it's greediness overboard. That That's the best way I could describe it. I understand capitalism is important. But that don't mean they're free from criticism. I mean, you don't really have any big names now. And they're trying to do all this, all these other projects. I, I, I think... Ant-Man with the reported budget being $200 million. And by the way, the box office stuff, courtesy of Box Office Mojo, before I forget. Ant-Man's not going to be a hit. Like, it'll do enough to scrape by and maybe get a small amount of profit, but I just don't think it'll be the hit that Marvel and Disney are expecting. I expect the Guardians to do much better. A lot of people love the Guardians of the Galaxy. And I think that will do some pretty good numbers. Maybe not Spider-Man 3 No Way Home type numbers. But I'd say probably I'd I'd argue probably where Doctor Strange was for uh, success. Maybe I'd say I would sandwich it between the Black Panther sequel and the and the Doctor Strange sequel. I think this will do pretty well. Can't say much with the uh, Marvels type film. Can't really comment on that. So yeah. So anticipation obviously for the Super Bowl is going to be there. For the NFL. And there's been some other stuff behind the scenes for some other things. Such as Minnesota Vikings getting Brian Flores as a new defensive coordinator. You know, he was going to find another job pretty quick at some point. Steve Wilkes going to uh, San Francisco to be the new defensive coordinator with D'Amico Ryans going back to where he got drafted to be the head coach, going to Houston. 
So I'd be curious to see how uh, how San Francisco does with Wilkes as the coordinator. That was one of the best defenses over the last couple of years. They've done an amazing job. Just haven't gotten to where they were a few years ago when they made it to the Super Bowl. Pretty cool. As far as other stuff goes, there was something going on with uh, Michael Irvin, the cowboy legend, being taken off of the NFL Network and ESPN for Super Bowl coverage due to some alleged stuff involving an allegation from a woman. I don't know. Irvin doesn't strike me as the type that would cause that type of issue, but I would have thought maybe an alcohol issue or drug issue because he did get suspended in 96 for, I think it was like a drug issue. He was suspended for about five games, I think, that season. Still managed to have a pretty good year, though, but still, regardless, that does not make for a good situation. I'll tell you what doesn't make a good situation, understanding the Brooklyn Nets. I just don't get it. This team was supposed to be hyped up over the last few years with some of the people they were getting. And now it's just gotten so bad. Where'd he go now? Like Kyrie Irving, he's now a Dallas Cowboy, not Dallas Cowboy, Dallas Maverick. Sorry, my mind's thinking Dallas so badly. And he actually had a pretty good debut yesterday as a Maverick winning against the uh, Clippers. Think about it. This team was supposed to be like NBA Finals every year type thing with the guys they have. This whole super team mentality and combined with his thoughts on, on vaccination, his work ethic, his mentality, everything. There's like a ton of issues with Kyrie Irving. This guy could easily be one of the best players of this generation, and instead there's just so many problems related to him, whether it's the health part, physically and mentally, and just saying a bunch of crazy stuff that no one seems to care about. No one does. I think he'll be in the case of Hall of Very Good, I'm just not sure he has enough to be considered a Hall of Famer. He does have a championship to his name, which you got to give him some credit. But overall, you just wonder the what-ifs. You really do. Especially with that group. I mean, Harden, there's like questions about him going back to Houston. He's with uh, the Sixers right now. And obviously Durant, he's just... It's just a shell of his former self and kind of a bit greedy too. And that comes also looking at the uh, LA Lakers trying to get rid of Russell Westbrook. This team could be good, but you don't know if they'll ever get to that point this year of being the best against the best. I know Russell Westbrook has been kind of a pain for the Lakers. And that's coming as LeBron James breaking the all-time scoring record 
that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar set long, long ago. I think to do that in a Laker uniform probably feels a little bit satisfying. At least that's how I see it. Tell you what's even more satisfying, probably watching a guy like Martin Truex Jr., uh, NASCAR, having their clash at the Coliseum in L.A. He, he won. He won the clash. Take a look at that for a brief moment. Top ten included Austin Dillon, second place. Kyle Busch, third in the number eight car. Alex Bowman, fourth. Kyle Larson, fifth. Tyler Reddick, uh, sixth. Ryan Priest, 40, uh, not 41, that's seven. Ross Chastain, eighth. Denny Hamlin, ninth. William Byron, tenth. Other notables include Kevin Harvick, twelfth. Christopher Bell, thirteenth. Chase Briscoe, fifteenth. Joey Logano, sixteenth. Ryan Blaney, seventeenth. Eric Almarola, eighteenth. Daniel Suarez, nineteenth. Chase Elliott, twenty-first. Daryl Wallace, twenty-second. Austin Centric, 25th. Ty Gibbs, 26th. And Eric Jones, 27th. And so, pretty good for Truex, considering the separation with his longtime partner. With his longtime partner, uh, Sherry Pollux. But, you know, Truex has been. A guy that's been pretty good for a good part of the last eight to nine years, considering you know the teams he's been with and finding success with Furniture Row, and then Joe Gibbs giving him a chance. He's probably he's probably the driver to beat for Joe Gibbs, if not maybe Denny Hamlin. I'm trying to think like who would have a good chance to be making a, a name for themselves in the cup championship. I think anyone in Hendrick Motorsports has a good chance to do another title to do a title run, another one for Larson or Elliott, I think that could happen. I think Bowman might be a dark horse for Hendrick. I'm trying to think of like Roush, Fenway, Kislowski, not really anyone that catches my eye. I mean, see if last year was just a for, you know, just a forgettable year for Brad Keselowski. He has the capability of winning. It's just a matter of can he look at his mistakes and improve on what he did last year. He has the potential to be really good again. Obviously, Logano, probably the driver to beat at Penske. You wonder if uh, Blaney will have any chance to succeed. Cindric, I mean, see how he does. Just thinking that with uh, Ross Chastain over at uh, Ganassi. He won't be able to do that wall ride thing again, which is one of the new rules that they're implementing this year. I think... They want to avoid seeing any serious accidents. Uh, maybe a little overboard to a point, but I think I don't think they want anyone trying to pull that move off so many times 
especially on the short tracks, it it, it would come off too dangerous. Can't can't afford it, especially with how tight that race was in Martinsville. Anyone could have crashed if you know he if he lost control of his car. So I don't think it's I think it's kind of over a little overboard, but I understand the point of what they're trying to do. I'm trying to think of like other Harvick. I, I I could see him definitely making a run for his final year in 2023. I'm just not sure about other drivers of uh, Stuart Haas Racing. I'd like to see the Wood Brothers maybe get a chance to get their 100th win as an organization. They've been sitting at 99 for a good part of five plus years. Going back to, I think, 2017 with Blaney before he went on to uh, Penske. Spring training's got to be coming up soon, and whoo boy, I can't wait to see what baseball brings to everybody this year. Now, I'm going to parlay this into gaming a little bit and and talk, talk surfing. I'm not really into that sort of stuff, but this name probably will be familiar to some, and that is Bethany Hamilton. So, 20 years ago, Hamilton suffered a shark attack while surfing and lost her arm. That's been the subject of certain sporting type you know, stories. Uh, the movie Soul Surfer, which she was involved in, and several other things. And speaking out against trans people competing in surfing. This has been kind of... This is not just like a surfing type problem. But it definitely has been the subject of... Of scrutiny, I think, amongst many, many people. I think, I think the biggest problem is what, what counts and what isn't. Then again, she is kind of a little religious, so that might play a little bit of a factor. But in regards to like events and all that there's not a one all solution to any of this I don't think there's really a solution on how to fix things especially with records and you know success and everything or just school related stuff I'm just thinking that that's that's been kind of a problem for a long time like what how do you do you count them as a guy do you count them as a girl non-binary binary I know that's I mean this isn't something I talk about a lot and I'll admit I'm I'm not the most knowledgeable on this stuff but uh, there's I don't know what the solution would be I don't know if there is a solution that that can fix the problems for for trans people and for people in general. And this parlays into, I think, a problem 
of the trans community trying to be forced in, trying to force things or try to make things look bad going now into video gaming. So Hogwarts Legacy is about to come out. Some people have gotten some early copies and are playing it. So the game has come under a lot of fire for because it's based on the Harry Potter universe and its creator J.K. Rowling being under fire for for some comments about the trans community. It has been pretty bad with how much people have been vocal against the game. A producer or someone involved, I forget the the job they were part of, uh, leaving a couple years ago. Uh, Scrutiny over limited run games. Community manager being told to that she was fired because of an old tweet from long ago after saying that she was excited for the new Hogwarts game and the notorious transgender looking for old dirt and pretty much the hate of Limited Run. I'm not sure how much that's died off, but regardless, the trans community has been pretty vocal against this new game and people abusing whether they're whether they are trans or supportive of the trans community trying to abuse streamers who are playing the game trying to ruin the game for everybody with spoilers it it, it feels like a coordinated attack and it makes the, that community look so petty yeah, if you don't want people to play the game, just say it. Trying to make yourself look look worse by trying to ruin it for others, trying to be instigating and attacking people and trying all this stuff to get people to not play it, it's only going to drive the sales up no matter the reception of the game because people are tired of trying to dictate things based on you know a purchase look some people they don't care or they don't follow politics and i think that's been a problem in recent years of the overemphasis on politics and it's kind of gotten to the point where it's just, it's blown up to the point where it's, you know, people will argue into you know, certain things just because of political beliefs. You know, you can be liberal and not like liberal th- some liberal things. You can be conservative and not like certain conservative things. There's always going to be disagreements on certain things. But the fans are going in droves to to like the game. And some people have been pretty nice about the game on some websites. The sales and pre-orders have been very huge on Steam, on PS5, Xbox Series, PS4. And obviously 
depending on how things are for success and the reviews, no doubt the Xbox One and the Switch will have some form of pre-order success. And regardless of whether those games run properly or not, especially on the Switch, you know, it's going to be a huge success and probably be the big seller for most of the year. And that is until the newest Zelda comes out and a couple other games. It's just, it, it just seems with this trans stuff, they, they want everyone to automatically like them and not mock them or any of that nature. Or just be, look, some people are going to be neutral. Some people are going to be supportive. Some are not. It's not the end of the world over a video game. If this is supposed to be like, oh, let's make sure J.K. Rowling loses money, she's set for life. She ain't gonna lose. She ain't gonna lose all her money overnight. She's not. She's pretty much probably gonna be enjoying life until she's gone. Simple as that. And. Harry Potter is a very profitable franchise. People love the Harry Potter lore. They're not focused on politics all the time. And speaking of that, just thinking that just now, uh, so Twitch has been having some AI stuff on, and I'll get into that with TV, and some Seinfeld-related stuff relating to transphobia, and I'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, speaking of the Switch, the there's the new Zelda that's coming out in May, priced at $70. $70. I don't think it's inexpensive, but it definitely isn't something that I don't know. Some people definitely buy it. I probably would wait to see if it drops like 50 or $40 at some point. But people getting upset about it online, it's a little crazy because back then, there were a lot of games that cost $70. And they range from 60 to 80 I was looking up some prices on Sega Retro. $80 for World Series Baseball 95 and that was in early 95. Obviously, you see some of the stuff on the N64 from the mid-90s through 01. I mean, 70 to $80. I mean, I think we are spoiled probably now these days of games being $50 on the PlayStation, Saturn, Dreamcast, and, up, and then 60 for the... 360, PS3, and future consoles. The only exception being the Wii at 50. Just thinking another thing. Uh, handheld prices. Thinking that probably anywhere from 30 to 50, depending on the game. And obviously budget type stuff. That's pretty easy to to realize too. I don't think it's the end of the world. Would I like it to be a little cheaper? Yeah, probably. 
Probably has to do with the Switch's technology, if I had to assume. Or maybe the type of storage that they're using. I mean, they do use cards. I think the highest they could do is probably a 32 gigabyte cart. Or maybe 60 plus gigabytes. I've seen a lot of games now for the Switch where it's a game download and not a card. It kind of disappoints me a little bit because I'd like to have a card of some of these games. Especially something like, say, the new Spongebob game or something like Pac-Man or Atari. It would be kind of nice to see some companies not skimp on the game cart. But I'll tell you one thing Nintendo's not skimping on. They know the expansion pass needs more work. That's why they did a direct, I believe, yesterday. They're going to put on, if they haven't already, uh, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance titles. This is welcoming. Very welcoming. Because the expansion only had N64 and Sega Genesis. For $35, that's pretty bad. I mean, you look at the Wii, it had NES, SNES, N64, Genesis, Master System, TurboGrafx, and a couple other systems. That, to me, sounds like it was worth a lot of effort to get a lot of those games on there. And in the case of the other systems, not as successful, but they still utilize the same type of system as the Wii. The 3DS had Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance. I'm not sure if they had DS, but they did have NES and SNES. They had Game Gear. The Wii U had NES, SNES. I think they had some N64. Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance. DS, they actually had DS stuff on there, which is pretty surprising. And the Switch so far has been on the side of underwhelming, especially with the NES and SNES stuff. Just getting the Game Boy stuff alone is making it seem a little more worthwhile to to spend 35 on something like Game Boy, Game Boy Color. I think the Game Boy is severely underrated. It is probably the best handheld I've ever played. I like a lot of the original titles, especially the first half of that system's run. I think it is a well-done library. Kind of hard to justify the Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance. I feel you have to sift through a lot of stuff just to get some of the titles that are generally well-regarded. Especially with the GBA, where it's it's littered with tons of licensed kids games, especially like anything from Disney or Nickelodeon. And I'm talking some of those like live action stuff. Like I'm not talking other, I'm not talking other type stuff. I would like to see some more support, though. I'd like to see them make a deal with Sega and put out 
Master System and Game Gear. I'd like to see a little more Sega stuff that isn't the Genesis. That's what I want to see. I think give Game Gear people a chance to play on the Switch. Play some of those titles. There's a number of games for that system that are stuck on there. Or better yet, maybe work with one of these like emulation groups and maybe try and find a way to get Saturn and Dreamcast on there. I'd like to see I'd like to see something like that because, you know, Saturn and Dreamcast are pretty hard to find, you know, and to get them at a decent price. I just want to see I just want to see more on there for the Switch. Especially if they're going to keep supporting it for a couple more years until they put out a successor if they do. I just want to see the Switch have more older stuff. Just thinking that, I mean, PlayStation 5's got PS4 support and then and both those two systems have a minuscule amount of games for PS1, PS2, PS3, Xbox. I, I wish Xbox would try to work on their emulation a little more and try to get more Xbox and obviously 360 if there's if there aren't any legal issues. That's, I just don't know what else really to say. I just want to see a lot more stuff. Maybe a little bit of greediness. Maybe. But I just want to see Switch Online have more older stuff. Because I think some of the older stuff is pretty cool to have on there. Especially if you see like the arcade archives and some of these other ports of stuff that you wouldn't have thought otherwise. So that Twitch thing, to talk uh, very briefly on some TV stuff. So there's an AI thing on Twitch, and it is a Seinfeld... Yeah, <laughs> I wish I was making this up. Nothing forever. That's what it's called, and it's an AI Seinfeld show where it's supposed to emulate Seinfeld as a whole. And it is one of the biggest things in recent weeks. Kind of like how there's been this push, I think, for some TV content. And there was a... Long ago, someone put up a stream of Bob Ross, the painter... And that has been pretty successful. And I think there could be some good platform stuff for places like Twitch. And so this AI Seinfeld thing, it's supposed, like I said, it's supposed to emulate the feeling of Seinfeld when it was big back in the 90s. And I think there was a transphobic thing that they said. I don't think it was meant to be on purpose, but obviously broke the guidelines and got suspended for a couple weeks. 
AI screwing up. I'm, I'm sure there'll be some fixes to iron out. I think I've seen like an AI thing for a Family Guy recently. I'm going to look that up for a brief moment. AI Family Guy. Because they did an intro to it. AI intro. Or AI. AI Family Guy. The AI, some of it, is a little weird. But it's set to. It's set to the intro, I think, for like Family Matters. Like the way the intro is done. But yeah, it, it looks a little weird, but. I think the only one they really got right, I'd say, was. I'd say Peter. The rest are just really weird. Like like really, really weird. And that is as with some of these Fox cartoons. Fox used to air King of the Hill and Futurama. Those are getting revived now. At least that's what the plant is. So King of the Hill ran for about 13 seasons, 97 through 09. There had been some ramblings on this show potentially coming back. And the news is that it will. Be curious to see how they do things, if they age some of the characters, if they do certain things. They do have to address, I think at some point, the deal with uh, Luann and Lucky due to their voice actors. Uh, passing away. Uh, Luann's voice actress passing away mere months after the show ended. No doubt they'll probably make Dale look a lot more crazier if I had to guess. And the other show getting revived is Futurama. This has been something I've heard about for a good while. There was a bit of backlash on not getting the guy that played Bender back onto the show but they managed to get him back and this will be the second time they'll revive Futurama I'll admit I'm not the biggest Futurama guy and I think The Simpsons is the better of the two Matt Groening shows but the original run is uh, at least tried and the episodes, I think, vary in quality, I think. The Comedy Central ones, I think, they're just not that good. Nice to have them back, but it just wasn't... It lost the same kind of charm and and feeling that the original Fox run had. One of the shows that is on its way out the door this season... It's actually an NCIS show. NCIS LA. Been on the air since 2009. And I'm kind of surprised. You'd think with how big the NCIS shows are. You'd think this probably would have been on for another few years or so. Especially with the original NCIS being, what, it's 20th year? Thinking that, it's like that and Law and Order. They got like 20 plus seasons on primetime television. 
Another show that's actually ending, I didn't realize it was on for that long, was The Blacklist, that NBC show. I thought it started 2014, 2015, but 2013 is when it started. Just some of these stuff have to come to an end. You know, whether by, you know, ending it on a good note or maybe realizing they're past their prime. I didn't even think the blacklist was still on. I thought maybe it ended a couple of years ago. And lastly, I'll talk about The Last of Us again. <laughs> because... The, so, so the viewership, from what I understand, is growing. It has grown substantially. And so much... I, I, want, I want to look at that. The Last of Us ratings. Where is it? Last of Us ratings... No, no, that's not what I want. It, it's getting more viewers because I, it, 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 this is probably the Walking Dead type show that people have been wanting for a good while, especially as things have dwindled down substantially for The Walking Dead. And even though that ended, it was probably a few seasons too late. It, there's a lot to The Last of Us and building on that story in TV show form probably helps the game and the show a lot more and help people understand the lore of what is going on in this apocalypse. And very lastly, Saturday Night Live made fun of The Last of Us with a Mario Kart skit with Pedro Pascal who plays Joel in the show as Mario. Pretty funny, and watching some of the references, like the what HBO would do with someone like Yoshi and Toad, Luigi's Mansion, and all that. <laughs> Good <and> Luigi. <laughs> oh man, it, it was pretty funny, and I, I get a chance to watch it. You'll you'll get a chuckle or two out of it. <laughs> so with that, I'll end this episode here. As I said before, this podcast is on Anchor.fm. You can also find us on Spotify, Radio Public, and Google Podcasts. So head on down to those places, search for Geeks and Jacks. Plenty of content awaits. So with that, episode 141, this is Ryan Sullivan. Hope to hear you guys on, on the next podcast. Stay safe, stay protected, take care of yourself, take care, everyone.